I'm Haley. And I'm Amanda. And we're Haley and Amanda. And you're listening to the Haley and Amanda podcast. Okay. Oh man, I'm back y'all. <laughs> Haley ain't sick no more. Nope. And I'm here to make up for it. She's feeling super energetic. Super energetic because I've eaten so much soup in the past five days you can't imagine. Soup makes you energetic? No, it just makes you super anything. <laughs> I'm so Did you souped. not catch my pun? I, I didn't even kind of go there with you. Oh my gosh. But you are souped up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, well... Last week we had my dad, no, (laughs) last week we had my dad on and I just loved that episode. I know. And you know, it might be my favorite episode, which is hard to admit because it's the only one I'm not on, but he is a precious angel. He truly is. He truly is. And I really felt, I felt comforted by the episode, like just because the conversation was so soothing, but then like I, t- I had really tangible things to walk away from from that interview, and I feel like I was a better person this week. Oh, I'm gonna tell him you said that because he doesn't know how to listen to our podcast. <laughs> but he did remember <laughs> that it was called a podcast. Barely. <laughs> hey, so when you weren't here last week, we weren't able to do our pledge. I know. You want to do it together? Of course, I do. Okay, here we go. I've missed it. I've missed it. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United Mates in America, and rarely in public is where we stand. One friendship under God, indivisible, live purdy, <laughs> and just us for all. It is so scary every time we get to live purdy. Well, every time we say one friendship under God, it makes me think of Aziz Ansari stand up where he's like, why do you like if you marriage is such a weird concept. <laughs> yeah. and, she, and and he was like, if you think about it, if if you'd never heard of marriage before and you ask someone this crazy question, the girl would be like, um, why are we doing this? And you'd be like, I want you to swear to God you won't back out. Of this. <laughs> but whenever he says, I want you to swear to God, it makes me think one friendship under God. I know because it's kind of dumb and silly and not important. And then it's like under God, indivisible, live purdy. And then we lighten it right back up. <laughs> we can be serious for two lines. Hey, under God, I'm going to live purdy. <laughs> Oh my gosh. We got to get the merch. Well, listen. Um this week we have a great guest, our friend David. David. David Vargas. <laughs> I almost said Garza. Yeah, but that's, that's not his name. I know because it's Vargas. <laughs> but he um he is in Mexico City. And he is doing amazing stuff. He is the president of a well, it's it's hybrid, nonprofit and for profit. Yes. And it's called Isla Urbana, which, which is, means which means urban island, urban island, and it is he's the president of this would you call it is it company you would say if it's a sure. hybrid like that? I don't know. But they're doing organization. In, organization. They're doing incredible work with rainwater harvesting and helping people with this water water 
crisis in the world, especially specifically in Mexico. And he gets really into it. He talks to us about uh, kind of in detail what they do, which is super interesting to me. And it kind of makes me feel like I'm not doing anything. Well, and it makes you realize that we don't think about water scarcity because it doesn't affect you and I directly yet. Right. According to him. Yes, he shares uh, that we need to have a perspective of it, especially because, well, also we just need to have a perspective of the entire world at all times. And I think we get lost in our little bubbles. So I'm really glad that we had him on and he's sitting on his patio in Mexico City. Yeah. And I think you guys are going to like this episode because not only are you going to hear about the great work he's doing, but we also talk about how in a world where we have such big problems like water scarcity, yeah. which he talks, he goes into the how many people are living without mm-hmm. clean water. And that's like very overwhelming stuff. But David is also like a very joyful person. And so we talk about how you can be aware of the big kind of horrible issues in the world, <laughs> be doing good things to help but also keeping a positive attitude. And so he kind of talks about that. I think you guys are going to love it. I I love talking to him because he just, he's so upbeat. He's vivacious and he's energetic and it's infectious. Every time we've gotten together, can we just talk about, first of all, we met him because you used to work with his mother. Yes, and she was like, I just think that you guys would get along so well. You guys love traveling and you're so bubbly and you're like purpose driven. And um, so he came into town and we met. Well, we I, were just supposed to have like you had a you a were drink. having a drink and you brought him home because <laughs> you and I were roommates. And he you were like called me and he said, I met I met this great person and he's wonderful. And and we're we're going to continue like hanging out at the house. And so we opened up our big back patio that we had at the time and we hung out with him forever and he made us these tiny little quesadillas and stuff. oh yeah yeah because <laughs> it's another thing about him he just he's trying to make the most of every situation see the good in everything and not waste a minute no he's wonderful and i every time we've seen him i'm just like this guy's the best yeah so listen to our interview with david vargas and tell us what you think is there any way you could debrief us and our listeners in a very cute summary of all the things that you do? Because you do a lot of things. Starting with birth. No. <laughs> also, really quick, before you do that, I would like to describe to our listeners um how we're seeing David right now, David, um, because we're sitting in our home and he is sitting in his home, but it's in a beautiful alleyway in Coyacan, Mexico City with his house painted pink and drinking wine out of a neon yellow cup with plants everywhere <laughs> it looks pretty <laughs> amazing um so you want a quick description i mean why i consider myself um a social hydrologist uh what i try to what i try to find is a are uh, community-based solutions to water problems 
Um, and that's what I've been doing for the last 11 years is living in Mexico and going into communities that have water scarcity issues and finding the best solution to provide them water. So really it's like finding solutions that comes from the communities is uh, my, speci my specialty. Um, and I'm good at bringing people together. So I'm good at like having fun parties and, and getting producing art projects and, <laughs> and building strong teams. And um, so building a mezcal brand, um, I don't know. There's a lot of things that go around from, from bringing people together to have a good time and, and do good. So you're, this, this issue with water, can you kind of talk to us about what you're doing to help this crisis, this water crisis, and, and, and a little bit about that and why you're drawn to that specifically? So for the past 11 years, after uh, I was born in Mexico City and I grew up in the States, I was educated in the States. I finished my master's degree at Penn State University and finishing, I moved back to Mexico and uh, I wrote my thesis on rainwater harvesting for my civil engineering master's degree. And when I showed, to, showed up to Mexico, it was a city that was uh, dying of thirst, really. There's, uh, um, there's hundreds of thousands of people that don't have access to water and they're paying up to 20% of their income for water. And there's 40% of the city's uh, pipes are leaking. Um, there's just so many water infrastructure issues that uh, it was, I was just blown away. And the first thing we did was move up to the mountains in this one area of town that, was, that has water scarcity issues to try to have a living laboratory. Um, I, I had studied rainwater harvesting and I knew it was a, it was a solution, uh, but we were able to live four years in, in with our neighbors capturing rainwater and figuring out the best, uh, not just the best ways to capture rainwater, but also uh, like the technology-based solutions, but also the social processes that for any uh, any paradigm change in uh, in a culture or a way you live your life of of you know you get water how by opening this tap the sink of water and so having people to realize that that you can capture rainwater uh, is a lot more difficult than uh, <laughs> than you might think because uh, it's different and it's new. So having these uh, many interventions of community meetings, uh, house visits, and sitting down with the senora while she's calentando tortillas and, uh, and uh, um, uh, heating the tortillas <laughs> and, and like speaking to them and listening to them and find, seeing how you can uh, and, make it easier for them to have a better, have a higher quality of life uh, through a, a sustainable access to water is where we were blown away, which like living in these communities, uh, we were able to uh, start building a scalable project. And, and 10 years later, we've put up 20,000 rainwater harvesting systems, helped over 120,000 people. We capture about a million liters of water each year, or billion liters of water each year, sorry. Uh, and <laughs> uh but yeah uh it's it's really like keeps the engine rolling we're always like high intensity uh to building projects all over the place right on monday i head up to the uh indigenous mountains of the red Amuris, which we were supposed to go uh haley <laughs> to i i told you that i wanted you to do a mural at a, at a school up there but but covid uh didn't let us 
uh, didn't let it happen this year, but but sometime soon. But uh, going up to this indigenous community in, in northern Mexico, uh, they're the barefoot runners. They're fa- uh, they're famous for running barefoot, but in long distances, ultra marathoners. But um, we've developed a new bottle that's hundred dollar cisterns that. Uh, the uh, local uh, masons are building them um, to beautiful projects and I don't know it's really exciting Mexico is so beautiful <laughs> I'm, th- coming back from that I'm going to a uh, Mayan community the Sutsid community in Chiapas where we've, we're p- building uh, hand washing stations with with uh, COVID uh, our, our response to the COVID uh, was to we work a lot with its schools so we're uh, building hand washing stations and Chiapas, the way Mexico is opening up their schools is by state. And when the COVID drops down to a certain level or um, uh, to green light, uh, they're opening up the schools and Chiapas is the next state in Southern Mexico that's gonna turn green for the first the first state. And we're gonna go put 70 uh, hand washing stations in Sutsi communities. That is amazing, jaw drop. Yeah, that's some cool credentials you got right there, work you're doing. So can you kind of tell for our listeners, like, well, first of all, I think clean water access for people in the States, well, not everybody in the States, but for a lot of us, like we take it for granted. Uh, Like you're saying, like we just turn on a tap and it's there. And then, you know, you were saying you were so surprised when you got to these communities. Can you kind of talk to us about the water crisis that's going around not only in Mexico, but other parts of the world? Yeah, so um, one in 10 of us in the world don't have access to water. So in uh, talking about the world, there's over seven, what's that? I said, I'm sorry, do you wanna say (laughs) that again? (laughs) One in 10 of our world's population do not have access to water. Uh, that's over 700 million people that that don't have access to water. What's that? What's that mean? And I think it's a it's um, it's really a low. Uh, it's it's a lot higher uh, that that number. But um, the UN says it's it's 700 million people, and that means that people are walking for water, paying for water trucks, um, going with a donkey for water, uh, pushing a push cart with water, uh, or intermittent access of water where. Uh, you get water uh, certain hours of the week or certain hours of the day. Uh, so there's all these categories of, of how you can le- uh, measure water scarcity. Uh, but yeah, there's in Mexico, it's similar. Uh, there's about mm, between 12 to 18 million people that don't have access to water. And uh, that's also one in 10 Mexicans. In uh, Latin America, it's, it's 70 million um, in um, all of Latin America. But uh, but yeah, you, you see these problems all over the world. I mean, uh, Africa is one of what, what, when people talk about water scarcity, they think of Africa and Asia first. And you see, you know, women carrying 20 liter buckets on their heads, like, and, um, and it's all related to a wheel of poverty. Um, yeah. When you don't have access to water, uh, your kids aren't going to school because they're going, they're fetching water. You don't have uh, hygiene or, or health, access to health because uh, you get infections, skin infections or stomach problems more, uh, uh, more commonly. Uh, just 
the just the whole wheel of poverty uh, gets worse and worse. And so, um, and really the problem is is not uh, an, an, a money issue. Uh, Mexico is not a, a poor country. I mean, we have poverty, of course, but there's the government is a, a, a we're a developed country in many, many, uh, if you look in many economical uh, ways, you can look, look, can look at it, but there's no viable uh, solutions, no innovative solutions. And I think uh, for us to reach the 2030 uh, sustainable development goals of 6.1, the SDGs 6.1 of uh, sustainable access to water to all. So by 2030, we have a goal, 17 goals, but one of them is access to water. Um, and rainwater harvesting is definitely going to be uh, uh, one of the key, the keys to getting there. Um, we're going to have to put up millions of these systems all over the world and. Um, and we're living the dream. I mean, I think uh, 10, 10 years ago, if you would ask me if that we would have put up 20,000 systems, uh, rainwater harvest systems, we would have never thought of it. But, but I think we'll be getting to millions of seed systems in another 10 years. So. That's truly amazing. I mean, I just feel like I just got schooled. Well, um, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Because this is amazing what you and your team are doing, and it, it's it's overwhelming though too, right? Like there, this need is so great, and you guys are doing this this work. Like you're talking about all these millions of people who don't have uh, access to fresh water, and one in ten people—that's overwhelming. Yeah, and one thing Haley and I were talking about to get ready to interview you is from the moment we met you, and I remember that time you came over to our house on our back patio, you are such a... Raining. Sorry, we're going to have to move this interview inside. Oh, it's raining. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's okay. You need to capture it. I hope you have a system. It's up. starting to rain. <laughs> so welcome to my house. Very cute. Very. One thing we, when we first met you and we're getting to know you and anytime we do see you, we always talk about how you're such a joyful person and you're always like full of really positive energy and just trying to savor every moment of life. Just suck it dry. <laughs> I knew he wasn't there. I don't know why that was so funny, though. <laughs> we what was the last thing you heard? Because we talked for a really long time. <laughs> it was so energetic, and then it went. <laughs> we, I stayed with the, we were in the backyard having some drinks. <laughs> <laughs> okay yes so the first time we got together with you oh there's sugar uh you came to our backyard <laughs> and you we every time we see you you're always just like so joyful and you have this really positive energy and you're really energetic and we just we like being around you because like well you're a great person but like you just have this really great energy like about a you. zest for life and so we find it we find it interesting that that energetic, boisterous, 
fun loving person is someone that is solve trying to solve such a large overwhelming pretty sad crisis in the world you know what we mean um i mean i think it's like this like motor that like i like this when you're able to do work like uh, community work um and live see these problems like first like it gets you up in the morning by itself and makes you work harder and makes you get more motivated so it's 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 really beautiful i mean i feel like i'm so lucky to be able to go to these indigenous communities that um really it's a different world <laughs> it's a total different world and, and life is so simple up there i mean i'm i'm excited i'm gonna disconnect for 10 days um next on monday and and they they live such a little simple life it's just it's so beautiful um, and being able to have that uh be part of my life is definitely what what makes my makes me keep going and the way i am and and i don't know be, being able to bring people together uh we're like a big big team for we're all have the same energy uh have this we're so goal-oriented and it's a blast it's a blast well so if you because we're you know we have our listeners listening in if you were to give advice to people who feel overwhelmed i think by negative things that are going on in the world you know like something as overwhelming as like the water crisis or different things where people just feel like oh there's so much bad going on i wouldn't even know where to start or like it brings them down because you're able to sit stay so positive do you have any advice around how people can approach the negative things in life like that and kind of draw life out of them how you were saying they they make your motor go yeah i think you have to stay positive i'm uh i one of my philosophies or one of the way i uh, keep up my happiness <laughs> scale is is trying to keep a positive spin on 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 everything. Uh, really, not uh, to look at like the small details or um, or try to focus on like try to find good things about each thing. Not look that the whole system is is broken. I mean, there's so many huge problems in this world, and and you guys are living in the in Trump years and the election years and. Uh, climate change and water crisis and uh, I mean politically and socially and environmentally we have um, so many problems but I don't know I think there still are so many people in this world trying to make a big difference uh, that uh, we'll we'll be all right we'll be okay (laughs) so yeah my recommendation is like try to focus on like the good things of life or try to focus on um, a positive um, small changes you can make or small changes uh that you can see that are being done and not be overwhelmed by by everything the the big picture of it because it's it's a little overwhelming yeah yeah and i would say that you're also someone that's really good at you know when you're not in work mode or whatever you really are in play mode (laughs) like i think sometimes people they don't recharge enough you know (laughs) 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 
that might be, I don't know if that's a Texan thing. I don't know the, the, the Texas. I grew up in Texas, so uh, work hard, play hard. I think Texans are famous of, of like being, um, I mean, po- politically, like, I don't know, like there's, there's like all these like, um, when you say you're from Texas anywhere in the world, people are like, oh, they're like, oh, you're the first cool Texan I've ever met. But, <laughs> but, but, uh, but they're all like good old Southern folk, you know, like when you like go out and have a beer with them, they're like, you like drop religion or you drop politics and you have fun. Like they're like good old Southern boys or gals, you know, like, I don't know. That's what I felt like of like going back home and reconnecting with 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 y'all or with my friend high school friends or something i think like it's just like um um, work hard play hard i mean if you got you have to do what you got to do but at the end of the day like your family and friends are really important and and so that's a that might be a texas mentality (laughs) i'm not sure if you have y'all y'all still uh y'all live in there and have the same views (laughs) i i think it's so important to balance and disconnect and because it gives you perspective and, you know, it, it kind of not makes everything so deep. Well, and, and to find the things that, that do recharge you. Yeah. I know that you love dancing, <laughs> you love getting people together, you love a good drink. Um, and so just, I think that finding ways that really recharge you is also really important. It also doesn't uh, hurt that it sounds like you're kind of living in your, like you feel very purposeful in your work. Would you say so? Definitely. No, definitely. I, um, it's a different mentality to, to um, I live to work. <laughs> like, I like don't have any problem of, of stopping my personal life and going to to work (laughs) or I don't know. I think I, um, there's a lot of people that, um, that work is separated. Um, but I think it's, it's total, it's all interconnected and it's my passion and, and, and super important. It's super important. So with this particular like water, water situation, are, are are there small things that we all could be doing to help in certain ways? Um, yeah, well, in in the States, uh, raising awareness of, of like water conservation uh, issues, uh, there's um, not that many water scarcity issues um, for now. <laughs> in the States, there's a few communities in, in border towns in Texas, or um, you'll see them in water quality issues and in different part that, that have been coming up in the news, but raising awareness and water education is really one of the most important steps. And there's a lot of, uh, I think in Texas, there's been a lot of activities for uh, water conservation activities in elementary schools. Um, but but awareness is one, and then and then oh, you can put water saving devices to those rain barrels. Uh, that you can capture rainwater um, at, Lo- at Lowe's or Home Depot. You can you can buy a like a rain barrel and everything. But what was the second thing that you said? 
And other activities and more practical, um, there's water saving uh, uh, low flow shower heads that actually are, um, they are oxygenators or they, they give you um, more oxygen. They, they, they are low flow because they inject oxygen and supposedly it's better for your skin. Uh, but there's low flow devices you can put all over uh, your house and uh, you can harvest rainwater. Actually, the United States is one of the strongest rainwater harvesting um, associations in the world. They've got the best manual. And so they've got a big movement. It's, it's a very small uh, portion and small uh, percentage. But you can uh, install a do-it-yourself rain barrel in your home. Um, there's different practices you can, you can do for, uh, to, to save water in a practical way, practical way in the States. And... Uh, but yeah, the reason I talk about uh, water education and awareness is so important because, because we are going to see you know, the same problems that we're seeing in Mexico and the States in, in 30 years, 20, 30 years. We're going to see towns and cities um, run out of water. And so it's important to start putting in, uh, planting the seeds of in our future generations. <laughs> but yeah. That's great advice. Well, can you also... This is something kind of fun, but can you kind of talk to us about your little mascal side gig? <laughs> Didn't it start when you were at quote unquote work up the mountain somewhere? Uh, yeah, so we have a um, mascal rant. Uh, that's it's my dog's. Uh, face. <laughs> uh, it is the is the face of Mescal, but it's called Mesli Mescal. Uh, Mesli is my puppy. Um, and uh, we came up with the idea because uh, we went to a community in Puebla in about four hours east of Mexico City that they don't have any water, but they have some delicious Mescal. <laughs> and uh, we were putting up systems in their schools and then their health clinics and then their houses. We put, we've uh, almost filled up the community uh, raising, uh, having fundraisers and raising money to help them out. Uh, but at the same time, I've been promoting and uh, helping certify one of the, the um, Mezcal um, Fabricas, uh, one of the distilleries in the, in the community. It's been a slow process. We're still getting it certified. I still am running a bootleg uh, um, uh, mezcal business, but uh, <laughs> but it's coming along. Um, but but yeah, uh, the reason it's by dogs, it's it's mesley mezcal. Uh, one year we were going, we were trying to go to the beach. We go for New Year's to to this beautiful island in in Oaxaca. And Mesley loves it. And one year I was totally broke. I just had no money. And, and I told Mesley, I was like, I was like, sorry, we can't go to the beach this year. I, I don't have any money. <laughs> and my dog looked at my big barrel of, of a 20 liter um, jug of mezcal and barked. And I was like, you're a genius. We sell mezcal at the beach. <laughs> and so we went to the beach and sold 70 bottles of mezcal. And, and it, oh my um, God. 70 we, bottles <laughs> yeah. in two weeks we we're like selling like five to ten bottles a, a, a week or a day oh my god and like yeah it was crazy but yeah right now i'm sort of like stop i have stopped selling it to uh just friends and i'm trying to get focus on getting the business certified because it's um just doesn't work out i, I just end up drinking all of it or her giving it away. <laughs> We're, I'd have, I'd have business nice. meeting. You're too nice. You I never have business. 
<laughs> I'd have business meetings with my my dog, and we'd take attend we'd take attendance, and Mesley would pick up her paw. I'd be like Mesley, and she'd pick up her paw, and I'd be like David. And I'd raise my hand, <laughs> and then Mesley would just tell me how like how how, how are you giving away the mezcal all, all our mezcal? Where where's the money? And I'm like, you're right, Mesley. Mesley's like, I, I want to up go again. to the beach. I want to go to the beach. <laughs> For New Year's, Dad, <laughs> not giving it away. So, yeah, so yeah, that's a little uh, side gig. That's it's um, a lot slower, <laughs> uh, but we're we're having fun with it. Okay, what is what is COVID like where you are? What is it like? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, we're. Um, <laughs> We have 80 some thousand deaths or something. We're like third in the world, I don't know, fourth in the world in deaths, but we're also the fattest country in the world behind um, first and then the state second. So that has a lot to do with it. Um, I'm really happy that uh, what they, what our president did uh, was put a scientist in front of the problem and had a team of scientists uh, take all decisions and um, I think it's doing I mean it's it's been difficult I mean of course of everywhere but and uh, I mean we've had lots of deaths and and one in th- we have a high percentage of deaths 10 percent of people who get it um, die which is crazy um, but at least we have a president that like stepped aside and let science uh, take the best decisions and so I'm really happy to be here not in the states um, with, with that per, um, that approach, but but yeah, I don't know. It's a mess. <laughs> it was a mess with our business and everything. They think that the maybe the higher death rate is based on the obesity in in Mexico. Because I know that's a huge factor in people who die from it. Yeah, so we have, I don't know what the rate is, but super high. So obesity, um, all the high, older age, um, um, all the higher risk issues has been one of the biggest issues of why we have so many deaths. Um, but we've, <clears throat> it's been like this Americanized uh, industry that has engulfed Mexico in the last 30 years. So Mexico is like already, um, we were consuming, we're consuming like hamburgers and pizzas, like we're just like the worst of the United States came to Mexico and consumed it. So um, I don't know. But in terms of COVID and water, um, just like having no access, like having um, problems with water has affected many of the communities and we've raised money to help put up rainwater harvesting systems in, in communities that have uh, water, uh, water, scarcity issues in Mexico City. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. It's been crazy. It's been crazy, just like anywhere else in the world. Yeah. yeah. And yet you're staying positive. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's been just, I mean, it's been crazy. Just with the keeping a business alive has is, is been really tough. And but we're starting to bring down like having projects where 50 employees, which is really crazy to have 50 people be responsible and um, pay their payroll and everything. So, oh. but 
Well, if people, but surviving, surviving, I think. Oh, sorry. I was, I was going to say, because you fundraise and, and stuff also in the States, right. For the, for your rainwater harvesting work that you do. Yeah. So, um, for, we're a hybrid business. We're social entrepreneurs. Uh, we've got a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization in, in the U.S. where we uh, where we raise funds for the uh, most marginalized communities in Mexico, and and that's um, where we have projects with indigenous communities, with the Raramuris, the Talmaras, the Mazatecas. Um, but at the same time, we're a business uh, for-profit in Mexico where we sell systems to any uh, client and uh, focus a lot of our work on landing infrastructure um, contracts with the government. So instead of the government paying for a big dam or a giant pipe to bring water from far away, um, they put up thousands of rainwater harvest systems. So um, we sort of just dip our fingers in, in all the pots looking for, for funds. Um, but, but that's the way we, we stay alive. <laughs> well, is there any way you could tell our listeners the best way to support you and what you're doing? Yeah. Uh, check us out on, and Islerbana is our name, uh, urban Island. Uh, but we're our face. We're, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram. We're mostly in English. So check out more Instagram Islerbana. Uh, we're having a water week. Um, the, uh, the last week of October uh, that's focused on uh, raising funds in, um, in these indigenous communities we're working in. Uh, so check us out the last week of October in our water week. But yeah, Instagram is about as easiest. Cool. Nice. Well, thank you for chatting mm-hmm. with us. We wanted to have you on the podcast because we find you so joyful and inspiring and also wanted to spread the news of what good work you're doing out in the world. Thank you so much. I love you. Favorite Texas ladies, like I said, Haley. And so having a, an afternoon chat is, is always delightful. Yes. Thank you for taking time. And we loved hearing from you. <laughs> Thank you all. And Haley, when well, both of you, Amanda, you've never been down here, but but Haley, you got to come down and do some more murals. I'd love to. I'll be her assistant. She She's just getting me, pretty good. She makes me carry her water buckets around and clean her brushes. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> well, hopefully that made you feel like you're not doing anything. Amanda! <laughs> But turning on your faucet and getting water. I'm joking. I just, he, I can't believe the work he does. It's so amazing. It makes me feel like I don't do anything. But, but what's, what I love also is that he is helping these communities, you know, mm-hmm. but he's saying, I love going up there because I love the way they live and it really recharges me and gives me great perspective. And it's like, wait, you're helping them, but like. They're They're helping you. Yeah. And I think that's the like part of the magic of like living in your why and in your purpose is like you you're doing work, quote unquote, but it does something for you, too. It recharges you. It fulfills, fulfills you. Totally. So hopefully listening to this episode, you learned something about the water crisis. 
uh, you we can start implementing things in our everyday lives to help this crisis and raise awareness. You can follow his organization. Uh, can you spell it out? Yes. Because it's his uh, Instagram is at Isla Urbana, which is I-S-L-A-U-R-B-A-N-A. But we'll also put it in the show notes and in our stories. Yeah. So you can follow along with what they're doing. And if you feel led or like you want to give to that organization and support them, I'm sure that they would love it because they're doing such incredible work. So this week, here's your homework. Stay positive. Use less water and live purdy. <laughs> we'll see you next week.